Consistent self-improvement, everybody. You are now listening to American Gypsy Podcast, and I am your host, Classic, and I am here with my co-host. Gypsy. And today we have Akello Stone. Um, Akello has been an uh, adjunct sociology professor for 20 years, uh, both in person and online, teaching courses including social problems, family families and intimate relationships, sex and gender. He's also the author of Seeking Selfdom in the Age of Selfies, which he was gracious enough to send. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. Um, You're welcome. Thank you. And welcome to the show. Um, I, I really find it interesting. I, I, you know, I know you have to introduce people and people have bios and we're like forced into this box. And <laughs> like that is just, just you know, uh, teaching is just one aspect of like my my total identity and it's interesting because i always think of what is the most respectable thing that i do that i think people will say okay i'll listen to him <laughs> and so that's the one but in essence it's just really a small part of like the totality of my multi-dimensionality I noticed that you wear so many hats and I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to let him, into, you know, give him all the other details. I didn't know where to start. Cause no, I know, like, I know I'm in the same boat, but I, I thought I'd put that out there uh, because I'm kind of uh, going through a 2022 identity transformation. And I'm trying to like say, you know, people need to stop distancing or start distancing themselves from these uh occupational labels and just because we're so much more you know yeah yeah i i can strongly agree because i i did that transformation in 2022 so i've kind of removed musician from the the front of my name or the title okay and and now is this artist no it's really just classic and i guess you know okay. podcaster Okay. At this okay. Point, yeah, just transitioning, but I've put music to the side for a second, so I actually considered the retirement thing for okay. you know just a little bit, and then yeah. you know yeah. once this is going, and I'll blend it's it in back storage. in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I like I said the identity switch very much because a lot of times when you when I say musician, people automatically already have this you know, preconsumption of how they want to treat you to a certain degree, even what you want to, what they want to talk about or Absolutely. how they value Absolutely. what you say. So yeah, removing it and having genuine conversations, that's one of the things that the, this podcast has helped with. Awesome. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm so down with that. Yeah. So I kind of find this, I didn't get to read your book yet because we just got back into town and I found it in the mailbox. Um, but like it's a catchy, uh, catchy phrase, seeking selfdom in the age of selfies. What is that about exactly? Like, Wow. It's, you know, I, I guess in the big picture, the book is really, I came to feel like, um, I could just leave the earth and not leave anything behind any, any ideas, any ways of thinking, ways of being. And what it, I, I felt like I, I need to leave something behind. Do not have children. For many people, they are able to pass those things along. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an uncle, but uncles can only do so much with the time that they're given. So you do not I, have children yet. 
I do not have children. I do not plan to have children, <laughs> you know, and I, and I, and it took me a while to get to that point where I could like boldly state that because there's the expectation that that's what you do as a human being is you have children, but how can I pass along some of my wisdom, um, some of my perspectives and a little bit of my personal experience? I'm not too, I'm, I'm not overly heavy on personal experience because I didn't want to do a biography or autobiography rather, but I do obviously sprinkle those things. But I guess it just came to the idea of, of people just take so many damn pictures of themselves mm. and they look at the pictures and, and I'm not even talking about editing or presenting a different self. I'm talking about, are you looking at the picture and who do you see and how has that person come to be? There was, a, um, there was actually something in the book I was flipping through it says we have incredible difficulty discerning what has been imposed upon us and what is of our own making. And I think that is the big discovery question that we all should take. It's like, who am I? How much of that was imposed upon me? Socialization, parents, culture, um, government, and on and on. And how much of it is what I've chosen as like free will expression? Yeah. So... Um, I guess tell us a little bit about the many hats. Like, I know we, I'm trying to frame it properly, but basically I know you wear a lot of hats and we do as well. Um, and how do you, I guess sometimes it's hard to integrate cause we call them walk-ins, but <laughs> It's just we do so many variety of things, um, and sometimes it's hard to integrate all of those characters or yeah person. Well, I can't say personalities, but more energies. So, let's say your podcast person versus your nine to five person. <laughs> That's what you got. Mm, more like, say you are an artist by night or maybe you do something more logic based or technical um sometimes and you might be a photographer sometimes or you know it's, it's kind of touching on different it almost sometimes feels like two different people um and i don't know with you wear so many different variety of hats so i was just wondering if you ever like have issues integrating all of it oh my gosh all day long <laughs> i all day long that's a really good question um as you were speaking i thought about it and first of all i don't think that we can integrate all of them i think the integrative aspect is us mm -hmm. and i also think that um for example when you mentioned like if someone was a podcaster or they had a nine to five i've had nine to fives i've done freelancing stuff i've done you know i pieced it together i've had moments uh, of time when I was really bringing in some money and have other times of great scarcity. And all of it is a result of kind of the disconnection between all these different um, identities, um, ways of being in the world. You know, if you're an explorer, like I'm a nomad too. I moved around uh, this country numerous times, major moves, get rid of most of everything that I have, you know, disconnection and just uh, uh, um, detach from things. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a different kind of life. Not everybody is 
cut out for it because it can be challenging and everything has its challenges. So I don't believe that they can be integrated or necessarily need to be integrated. I think that uh, when you do wear many hats, when a hat begins to feel like it's not the right hat, then you're going to go find another damn hat. It just does yeah. not stop. And I beat myself up over it for years because I really wanted that linear path. I really wanted this. And I think a lot of it is I, I obviously wanted uh, to be able to sustain myself financially, right? We all do. But yeah. I think it was also, and again, you'd mentioned the podcast, like p podcast or, or any other role that you play. People have this set expectation about you, your personality, what you're doing, which be completely different from how you're executing that particular um, identity, if you will. So, you know, we have, you know, mo nobody eats the same meal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? But we're expected to live this kind of linear path where this is our identity, this is what we do, and this is what we do when we're not doing that, you know, as opposed to how many different things can we do while we are here on this earth? So you mentioned, um, as far as a little bit about going to different places and traveling, what places you know have you visited or yeah. do you like recommend even in this area because we go to the beach we go you know we've been to <clears throat> sedona we enjoy traveling yeah. some people don't yeah but um what are some of the places that you've been and you kind of at least you know would advise some people to check out well when i talked to kind of talked about moving around and like the whole idea of a nomad existence is like i don't yeah. just travel i usually just move i pick up and move <laughs> okay i got you on that yeah. i started out in michigan i ended up in atlanta and then i lived in the bay area for a while and then now i'm in la and well, that's traveling I did, <laughs> I mean, but i mean it's just kind of like i don't I'm like i get to this point where like i don't think this is where i'm supposed to be i don't know if it's some type of divine intervention or cosmological influence but i just say this is not it and i like sometimes i'm like damn i wanted it to be it you know because <laughs> moving is a bitch right so yeah. i have been in la for 21 years and 13 years ago i bought a house and so mm -hmm. i finally planted roots but I'm gonna tell you, like LA is there's always so much to discover. There's so much, you know what I mean, to discover that I still haven't gotten around to doing now, or seeing. If you got the time, I'm open to talk about that as well. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You know, I I uh, I'm a foodie, so I love all kinds of food. I like to have a particular food um, place for every type of food. Like, okay, that's the place that I go for sushi, or that's the place I go for Indian, you know, until they close. But I know yeah. like where my favorite pupusa is. I know all that. So, cause I'm, you know, it, it gets me out of the comfort zone. People, it's interesting um, because I teach sociology and I have a sociological mind. I always found it fascinating the way in which people in this large city will stay in their little area. They yeah. won't go uh some people will not go south of the 10 some people will not go north of the 105 so i'm doing things in hollywood because i'm a commercial actor that's one of my hustles okay. and i'll be like all over in burbank you know all over that but then the school that i teach at is in torrance and then there's people in the south bay that never go 
you know, they probably been to Hollywood once, you know what I mean? And then just, I used to work in Hollywood and it was like, how could you live in this vast city and not go to like all around it? Go to like, I just went to Amoeba record store. They moved the record store. I love the Amoeba records, right? Yeah. I was like, no, they moved it. I mean, they didn't move it far, but I'm like, okay, let me just accept this change. And again, it was, it was, uh, it was quite a feeling to be in Amoeba records for the first time in over two years because wow. I don't really go out I've too never much been. unless I have to, you know? Yeah. We yeah. used to pass by when I used to drive Uber, like the first year we came out to um, LA. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never got a chance to go in. Oh yeah. If you like, you know, if you like records and. Yeah. Well, music. you know, as a musician, well, I, I still wasn't into big on, I guess, records like that. I made it to the guitar center, but. <laughs> right right yeah, yeah. Not to the, yeah. yeah. well Maybe. i'm a listener i'm a listener of music rather than a, a musician <laughs> yeah i did notice though and when i first moved to la like people do not leave their city so yeah. if you live in santa monica and you have friends in pasadena they probably won't see each other yeah <laughs> like i really you seem like a really cool person but man you live like a little far away i don't think we could, <laughs> we could ever connect you know like maybe on a tuesday at 11. uh-oh uh-oh we lost, we lost audio. audio oh yeah sorry okay i said like maybe you know like i actually um plan my movements based upon how the traffic is flowing yeah because yeah. traffic will you you think maybe your average 30 to 45 minute trip could turn into an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah. Easy yeah. out here. I mean, I finally did get a library card and I got the app called overdrive. And so I've been knocking out some audio books. Okay. While I'm in the car. That was my favorite part about driving. Yeah, I was doing so, um, audible a lot. Yeah. when yeah, I was Yeah. So like make it work. Uber. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Audible was cool, but there was just like limitations. Like there's like how many you can only get like one book or two books, you know, yeah. and yeah. the library is like, there it is a library, man. That's True. like our, our, we're paying for the library. Let me use a damn library. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss having physical books. Yeah. yeah. But I do like, I do like physical books as well. I do have an attachment to the, them and turning the pages and, uh, you know, and then passing them along. You know, in yeah. my particular book, I did not sell that many copies of my book. I sold about 25 copies and it's been around now almost two years, but I have given away and or mailed about 275 copies, Okay, which was my purpose of reaching people. So that's the other thing about this book. I wanted to find out the people that I have known through the years in various networks and various arenas. I wanted to know like who was there with me, yeah. you know, and if you mail somebody a book and you never hear back from them ever again, <laughs> <laughs> either they feel guilt because they feel like I didn't expect people to read the book, but I feel, do they feel guilt because they hadn't opened up the book and they don't, or did they read some of the book and they were like, what the hell is this shit about? You know, or, or did they like, oh man, this guy's lost his mind. I, you know what I mean? I don't know whatever it was. It was a really great weeding out process for me because as you get older, you can only maintain so many quality relationships, you know, over time. People yeah. change, you change, situations change. And how do you know that you are still in alignment with people 
who you were very once, uh, very once well connected to. You know, how do you do that? Well, we've done a lot of weeding out. (laughs) (laughs) We kind of move around a lot too. We're nomads, so it it kind of yeah. We've from my relationship with music. I was a music producer, singer, singer, songwriter. I could, you know, cellist. I can produce a record by myself. I've helped a lot of artists, but the music industry and even the music world in general is a very, very toxic place. Mm. And it's a, you have a very, very large amount of toxic people at, you know, one place at one time. Oh yeah. So I've dealt with a lot of toxic people. So I've had to, that was one of the reasons as far as it helped me also restart, you know, completely just kind of sit out on music to kind of disconnect from toxic musicians to not attract toxic musicians in the name of music. That was one of the things. So that was a weeding out. I'm from Mississippi. Um, most of my family is there. Just we just came from there um, from my parents' celebration, uh, birthday celebrations. Mm. So that's where most of my family is. Um, as a musician, there around you know 2002, 2003, when I kind of first got into the studio part of recording, you know, you get a lot of you need to leave here. Your music need to you know is better somewhere else. It, it'll be bigger. You know, it it, sh- it should be in a bigger place. Well, you need to go somewhere where, you know, you can get a better opportunity with your music. So once I left, a lot of people couldn't leave. So that, in a way, was a long time ago was a weeding out process as on the reality hit to where, okay, no matter where I go, I can't bring everybody with me. So those that can come will come, you know. So that's something that i learned okay i'm doing me and just continue to kind of do me and you learn with life i'm 38 years old so you learn kind of with life some people do not everybody do because <laughs> <laughs> we live in la again right <laughs> some right, people right. didn't get it yeah <laughs> right but, you know you kind of get to that point to where you you try to figure out the energy you do want to keep around and the energy that no matter what, when they see you happy or when they see you sad, they do want to, or even depending on what you're doing your music wise, is it supporting them? Is it all about them or is it in this together? Like I said, I've helped build a whole music project before and the artist was still going to a egotistic type of way. Mm. So yeah you learn i've learned you know and kind of studied people a little bit to realize and also my wife is my best friend so (laughs) (laughs) that's another thing that i have that a lot of people don't have but i had that so it's it's a lot easier when you do have someone that you can fill a lot a lot of that outside void with got you yeah um yeah, and that's you know, like I said, it, it it that helped. That was one of the things that, like I said, even now, <laughs> over the past two years, I value it even more because it's only 
going to get harder for people to either break the, um, find someone through the mask or, (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, break the habits that came along with the association of, you know, mask or no mask, almost to a certain degree, you know, kind of almost what I'm saying. But yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of my weeding out process. I've went with life and I've learned how to, you know, go off energy now. So if I don't feel the energy, if, you know, if the energy isn't there, it's usually not, you know, I can weed it out pretty good. I get it. It won't won't even stay around me a lot. I'm very positive as well. It it actually gets easier the older (laughs) that you get, the more experience you get, you can quickly, well, not quickly, like on the spot, but maybe sometimes, but in general, you can be like, Hey, you know, I don't, I don't think that me and that person is vibing and it doesn't have to be like telling them, but it's just, you know, Hey, I'm positive as well. Yeah. So we do live in a time where too much positivity, will push a person off and it'll weed out a certain energy as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah. <laughs> I've, I've learned that part as well. Yeah. 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 Certain people that they'll want to, if, you know, even just as a, if it's a basic conversation and it just, they want to cling to a negative topic. Right. Right. And you can't cling to it like them. And it's like, uh, man, I actually love LA. It's a little expensive, but you know, I love it. yeah 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 that that's the the separation in conversation a lot of times even just for me where the basic in the day you know i can't i can't just you know have a basic you know fear conversation with people and a lot of people do have a lot of fear conversations now so yeah that's (laughs) an auto weed weave out for me you know I think the the nomadic lifestyle also helps. It's kind of like you get used to starting over and starting yeah. fresh and you don't have you the anxiety well. or the fear attached to that. So you're okay um, starting over or, you know, cutting off any toxic relationship if it doesn't yeah. serve you. So. Yeah, we got True. pretty good at that. Yeah, from Atlanta to DC, the DMV area to okay. out here. Yeah, we we've gotten pretty good at starting over and seeing the Oh adventure. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it yeah. yeah. It's it's it gets easier. Um you become more I think you become more reliant on your own intuition, your problem solving. Um Sorry. it's like you know, the thing about it is just the physical act of moving in in that kind of thing is the hard part, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, what are you going to drag with you? What are you going to keep? What are you going to let go? Um, but I, again, like it's interesting because living in this house for 13 years, like I've never lived anywhere so long. I think the longest yes. apartment was four years <laughs> in the Bay Area because once you get an apartment, some places you are, you might as well stay there because as soon as you move, like the escalation of rent is it's so crazy. I lived in Venice for four years, yeah. uh, like a block from the beach. And nice. in a small apartment that was really the size of a two car garage. And it was, and, and, you know, once I left the, the, the rent pretty much doubled because it was such a hot spot, you know? Wow. Yeah. So it's almost like, um, living here in this house 
which was like a fixer-upper. So it's been a journey in and of itself. Uh, it's been an interesting experience not having to move, you know? And so um, one has to be very careful not to accumulate toxic people not you know because you can't like you can't move to another apartment and that person will never show up again <laughs> yeah you know, sometimes i remember moving i'm like oh my god i'm moving because i would live in different parts i lived in inglewood koreatown east hollywood wow. uh, gardena venice you know all over and they were all these all these neighborhoods were like moving to another city you know it really was so I, it kind of satisfied that no nomadicity if we could use that word yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah la definitely that's one thing i uh highlight about la to other people it's like i've moved around a lot and some cities don't when you move to a different neighborhood it doesn't feel like a complete different right. city and in la right. there's like a lot of different cities all together in this big yes. county so yep. it lets you play out different different lifestyles that you want to do um, lifestyles yeah. eating habits yeah. and it's like who lives around you like do they look like you do they not look like you <laughs> yeah. yeah what's your favorite neighborhood in LA oh man you know it's different because you know again so we have the different neighborhoods but we have like time changes things yeah. Because when I lived in, like, when I first moved here, like, Venice was my spot. I loved going to Venice. Yeah. It was still earthy. It was still, you know what I mean? It was not, Abbott Kinney was not like what it is now. You know, yeah. like, there was this different, there's a cultural shift that happened um, over, the, over the time that I've been here. So I don't know if I could say that Venice would be at the time when I lived there, I felt like this is home. I love it here. When I got back, you know, when I got home from this, from whatever I was doing throughout the day, I knew I was home. I could go to the beach and watch the sunset every night and not have to like, you know, drive and park. I mean, um, I spent most of my time out of the apartment, so it didn't have to be big. The apartment was where like I showered, cooked, and then at night, watch TV and went to sleep. But most of the time I was riding a bike. I was in the water and doing those kind of things. So I guess in terms of that outdoor uh, active lifestyle, people watching, I do photography, always wonder, uh, amazing things to see at Venice and visitors and skateboarders and people painting and doing and being. So I yeah. guess even though it has changed to some degree and yeah. turned into like, it kind of went from like a thrift store into a CB2. Um, <laughs> I think it's still, there's still that people, the people aspect of it, you know, there's still the people uh, aspect of it, but. Uh, I love Venice. I think that's yeah. one of the places I always take, you know, visitors to. Yep. I, it's changed a lot over the pandemic, yeah, especially, it has. but it, is. It's it still all does. classic it's, LA. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's still beautiful. It's still classic LA, absolutely. <laughs> yeah still beautiful what about beaches what's your favorite beach i know we ha we've had several different ones over the time because we like to snorkel and do water activity so like what's your favorite oh beach? yeah and do you have a different one for a certain activity yeah like for exclusion you know being excluded kind of getting uh, away from everybody zuma beach up there in uh, the malibu area mm. i've actually um camped on the beach a couple times 
um, going up PCH, there's a place called like Emma Wood. There's like pl places where you basically plop your tent right on the beach. Mm -hmm. And to wake up in the morning to the waves is, is wonderful. Uh, the, um, friends gather at Doc Weiler for a lot of events, you know, that, so it's, it's a lot about where the, where we are, like, um, you know, going up and down the coast. I, I am, I don't really get much south, uh, farther south than Redondo Beach. I think I went to Huntington Beach once to buy my Jeep and that was like it. But like, so like maybe Redondo <laughs> Beach is as far as south I go, which I've actually ridden a bike there uh, oh. from Culver City. That's quite a, quite a, um, yeah. quite a bike ride. And then um, <laughs> as far north as like uh, Malibu uh, and those kind of, little uh, uh state parks where you can park on the on the beach or, or you can uh camp on the beach so it would be those those places but yeah I, I definitely i'm always one that i will get in the water you know i will um do whatever's happening out there uh some people go to the beach and they kind of just look at the water as like i gotta be in the yeah. water at least yeah. at some point and again there's the other aspect of the beach is there's such a great joy that i find when i see families and their little kids and the kids ex, ex, um, experiencing the ocean for the very first time. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. Like the simplest joy of you're on the edge of this continent in this big body of water and everybody is drawn to it because everybody knows that it can give you this sense of relief from you know the rat race or whatever you want to call it. It is a sense of relief. It's like a sigh. You know, um, every and you you feel that in people, and people tend to be nice. If you're along the coast and people are, you know, dipping their feet in and they got their kids, people are really nice at that point on the beach. As you yeah. get closer <laughs> to inland, not so nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've had a lot of friendly people um, approach us on the beach. We usually go out to Laguna. Yeah, I would definitely okay. snorkeling. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, for snorkeling, it's like you need it to be super clear, and mm. they um, they have we we see dolphins and whales just Wait. passing by, not when we're inside the water. Yeah, but just from <laughs> we saw them from the beach. Yeah, um, right yeah, after we get out or before we get in. It's oh wow, I have never been to Laguna. I now yeah. I now I need to know. Um, Crystal uh, Crystal Cove Beach yeah, Crystal is our Cove, favorite yeah. one. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know they had, you know, because I, the only place that I would go, that I've gone where I felt um, there were some activities that were different was going to Catalina. And I did the kayaking because oh. I like to do the kayaking. I like doing zip lines. I like doing, uh, I, I parachuted. Like, I like to try everything, you know? Yeah. So um, hand gliding is something you're, I would love to do as well. Yeah, I want to do some jet ski stuff. Oh, Catalina, man. Like, there's a barge. Um, oh. There's a jet ski barge. You basically go to Catalina, and then they'll take you on a boat to this barge that has all these jet skis, and you're in open water in this Mercedes jet ski. And I, I, I have to say, like, of all the things I've done in my entire life, that was the most exhilarating, the most mm. fun ever, ever. I have not been able to beat that. I just opened it up on open water. And it was just incredible. Definitely. I think I've seen like they have trips that go from like Long Beach to um, Catalina on a jet ski. 
Like they give oh. you, they take you as a group. Oh. <laughs> it's oh. like a two-hour oh. thing. <laughs> oh, that's you cool. are in the know. You are Miss Groupon over there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, we're adventurous here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We do enjoy the water. <laughs> yeah. Were well, you in the right place? Yeah. yeah. What is it about LA that made you, you know, plant roots? Man. I think that I've been very, obviously I've taken, I've had traditional jobs, you know, I've had traditional kind of career paths. I worked in HR, corporate HR, uh, and then I made the kind of the shift into higher education. Um, very, I mean, like I would say that I kind of have that intellectual side and I can play that game, but I just kept like, hiding that creative side i've kept hiding the idea of and it wasn't even like predicated on not like fear or anything it was just um i just didn't feel it was realistic to have any type of inclinations towards in, in the entertainment industry right and also and like you said i know how toxic that particular arena can be and i don't like to be around that but i'm gonna tell you what every institution has its toxicity i was i i had a i put um higher education on a pedestal as this transformative thing that is that will change the world and i'll go in there and i'll change the world and i realized that um you can you can influence people, but you, you you're not going to be able to change the world, and you're going to be fighting this institution. And so, at a very um, at the ripe old age of thirty eight, your age, I was like, you know what, I my I want to be a TV show host. I might never get there, but I know that's what I want to do. And so I found different ways to express that aspect of me and develop that aspect of me and like i guess doing the commercials uh it brings in a little bit of money but it was really so i could have an opportunity to meet different people and find something that i could really put my heart and soul in not something that i would be like pushing off something onto other people um so like i'm i look up to people like um Gosh, oh, I'm totally lost in my mind or, or my mind. I totally lost my train of thought. But I look at people who are who would be like exquisite hosts on TV that host their own show, whether they're a chef or a traveler or things like that. And I want to ultimately my dream job would be hosting, developing, producing, and hosting a show that really goes deeper in the exploration of human beings okay. and because I feel like we are failing, and I say we in the collective sense, but I feel like we are failing miserably in cultivating empathy, compassion, and moving towards a society that um, that values everyone. I feel like we're failing miserably, and it's killing me because I can't do much. I feel like I I could do more in in higher ed, and but it's just not enough. It's not enough. It's not a, a stronger reach. I feel like I need a stronger reach. So that's really where my head is at right now. And that's really what I want to 
focus on for the next couple of years. And at least you know that that's where your heart wants to be. You know. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Because a lot of people, yeah, they're they don't even realize that we're struggling with that battle of negative versus versus you know positive energy or mindset or just you know being kind knowing yes. what love is and not saying i yeah, hate yeah, so much yeah. everything period yeah i i'm not i i mean i am not driven by material wealth or fame or that kind of gain i kind of there's a part of me that wishes i was because i feel like that would be an easier life <laughs> than kind of just you know being tormented by seemingly impossible things to accomplish uh but then in the same sense it's the fuel. you know what are you gonna do yeah that's what that's what you know that's where you are that's where i am that's where i've always been and i try to i've tried when you talked about integration earlier talk about trying to integrate passion with your morals your values your way of life being able to earn a living, being able to capitalize on the skills that you have, learn the skills that you don't have, and be able to network with the right people to make certain things happen that can be transformative for everyone. But there's a lot of times when our hands are tied, especially in the resources department. <laughs> and that's the sad thing. It's like, man, if I had certain resources, I've got the mind, I've got the ideas, but it's like I don't have you know the the because uh, it's not because what i'm trying to to put out into the world is not a product it is not something for sale you know what i'm saying so that's where i think it's really tricky because we live in a capitalist society where even human value has a number you know so you it's almost like every idea you have has to be quantified into these these numbers into this these money metrics and it, it just makes me angry that that it's like that, you know, because not everything is going to have a monetary value, nor should it have a monetary value. Yeah. So if you could live in a place that doesn't have those values, do you have any places in mind? Uh, uh, any places in mind where that, that's the, not quite that you would that what you would think that is not quite money driven as far as as a society yeah you know what i guess in the modern day sadly the um the the imperialism colonialism the spread of capitalism and is is has hit everywhere i um what was it? Dang, I can't believe it's like six years ago. I um, I went to Bali for a, a, a week-long yoga retreat, something completely out of my wheelhouse. I saved for two years to do it. I went with a group. I flew by myself to Australia and stayed for a couple of days. And then I flew to Bali. And it was, a, an, a, it was an amazing, incredible experience. Um, and sadly though i did see how western you know materialism cap capitalism had penetrated that very you know like very majestic magical for lack of a better term place you know yeah. so then here we are 
you know, here I am, a Westerner, you know, in Bali, you know, um, cap kind of like taking advantage of their capitalist ethos and the retreats and things like that. So it's almost like inescapable to some degree. Mm. But if I really thought about it, just living in a somewhat isolated island somewhere, you know, with, with your basic <laughs> necessities are met and you can create art, create art all day and uh, maybe only have to uh, connect with the outside world through digital means like this, you know, like have a setup. Yeah. That would be ideal for me. Yeah, I think that would be ideal. Nice. I could agree for yeah. something similar. I don't know where that is. <laughs> it's um, there. This, this, you know, Earth is big, so it is. It, it, <laughs> it's yes, definitely Earth there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, more recently, like a lot of people have been starting uh, podcasts to kind of go along with a book, and I noticed you also did that. Yeah. Is has that helped? Um, whether it's um like promoting the book or just for your audience to have a better understanding of the book um how's your experience been with that process you know uh, uh i call it a limited podcast series because i only did you know one for every chapter mm -hmm. i did not have guests i did not I, I, the idea of scheduling and logistical scheduling and all that kind of thing. I was like, I could do it, but I just like, yeah, see, I don't <laughs> want to do that. So uh, a very good friend of mine read the, the book and for every chapter, she came up with three really big questions. Mm -hmm. She recorded her voice at asking the question. I would play the question and then I would answer it spontaneously right then on the spot so it felt live okay. and it felt i wanted it was almost just like okay no one's no one's asking me about this damn book like no one wants <laughs> to know anything about this book you don't want to know more i mean i i just i don't give you enough i didn't go deep enough i wanted to kind of sprinkle a whole bunch of things it's like there's so many things i want i, I wanted to start a conversation i wanted the book to start a conversation no one seemed to have a conversation to start with me and it's really it was really terrible timing i i um had a very strong deadline march 31st 2020 my 50th birthday that's when it's coming out there's no other way i don't care what happens i'm going to get it out that day you know self-imposed deadlines are crazy and then what was that like you know a couple weeks into the pandemic yeah, it's yeah. just interested in you know a book and and all that and you know what I'm saying like they trying to get toilet paper, so <laughs> <laughs> but I was like you know what damn it I am going to do a podcast because it's within my wheelhouse to do, and I want to yeah. talk about this damn book so I talked about the book, and uh, she gave me so really good questions I felt like it, it, it's like give me more I'm like the type of person who like let's talk bring it on you know mm -hmm. um so I think the pod I think the um the adjustment of the expectations around the book is I feel like I did everything the right way I feel like I executed and, and did it the right way if it's if it's if if it's not what people want it may be what they need, but if it's not what they want, there's nothing I can do to control that. You know what I'm saying? They're just, it, it, it just was like, 
even this year, I was like, okay, maybe this year I'll do a workbook, you know, where people can, but I was like, you know what? The idea of the book was not, I'm going to tell you what you should do. The idea is I'm going to, I'm going to influence you to think about something and what you do with it is up to you. And you may not do anything with it, right? What you do with it is up to you. There's too many times that people are trying to give these cookie cutter approaches and me personally, I'm coming from the thing is like, that's not how I operate. I do not want like guide. I do not want a, a step-by-step guidelines. I want to see what the big picture is. I'll get there my own ways. Like everybody's on their little, on that path. I'm like, I'm going to take this little path here, but I'll meet you on the other side, you know? So I, I, I was hoping that I would find, you know, people who, who are like that as well, who don't need an instruction manual to put something together they just need that picture of what it looks like when it's together. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you had a jigsaw puzzle and it said, okay, you need to start with piece 495, 496, 300. You know what I'm saying? The, here's the puzzle. There's the, how it's supposed to look. Here's the pieces. What are you going to hide? Everyone's going to do a puzzle differently, aren't they? Yeah. They're going to do it at different speeds. Some people do the frame. Some people take months. Some people take weeks. Some people take hours. Some people enjoy it. Some people don't enjoy it. Um, Self-work is not fun. It's not pretty. It hurts sometimes. Sometimes it makes, it drudges up things that we hadn't thought about in a while. It starts to question our existence. Why are we even here? What everything that we've done is probably pointless. And when you tell people those kind of things, they're like, I don't want to hear that shit. I mean, I'm just being honest. That's how it yeah. is, right? So I was like, oh, um, I had did a um, a couple of years before I did a documentary called Pushing 50. I reached out to 40 people who were in my age cohort, 40 people. It's like, look, I'm, I'm doing this documentary. I think I'd love to talk about how we feel about like 50 staring us in the face. Like, here's like seven questions. If you could just, if you're interested, self-record, I'm going to edit it. Out of the 40 people, I got four people to agree to do that. Other people was like, I'm not even trying. I'm not, I'm not even thinking about that right now. It's kind of like death, right? Mm. 50 is not death. Okay. But in the (laughs) same sense, it is for many people. And so for me, the discovery was like, wow, I didn't know that this was such a a complicated uh, topic for someone to talk about. Well, damn. So I like I keep coming up with stuff that people don't really want to deal with. I used to teach death and dying. I talk about a challenging class, but a necessary necessary conversations. But the denial is at an all time high these days, and yes, I could say yes. that my with my parents they both just turned seventy. Okay, and I don't know. I guess my mom her energy was recovering from. I guess a little cold or so she, she had a different energy. My pops best birthday ever is like a completely new spark. I could see with, wow, you know, so that's something that I can, you know, I, I look forward to, you know, that getting 70, you know, and getting, (laughs) you know, 80, getting 90, you know, that's something that people have to look at differently versus, Oh, I'm getting old. No, you, you know, it's a, it's a celebration because a lot of people don't, you know, they don't get to live that long. 
Yeah, I mean, spoken from someone who's 38 and all the parts are still working, you know, it is. Oh, they hurt, are, though. They... <laughs> I played my nephew, Cole, you know, just out of the blue, played him in basketball. And, man, I still have this little knot. I was wondering, like, has this bone always been protruding from my shoulder? I never noticed it like this before, you know, but it's. You know, you're gonna you're gonna notice a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely gonna notice a lot of that. And you want to push it away and talk about denial. You want to deny that your your body is falling apart. Hopefully, your mind will stay intact. But I think you know what was interesting in that in that process. Uh, if I may address that, is one of my one of my good friends who who was part of that project submitted the videos first you know they, they were like two or three minutes you know seven seven questions and the first question you know she responded like what is it you know what is kind of what is it about turning 50 that you have the greatest you know fear or concern or or it was something it was something along those lines and she says um Cause I, cause I know I, I'm not going to have another 50 years, you know? And when you think about it like that, I was like, wow, I hadn't even really done the math, you know, in terms of life expectancy and, and, and all that kind of thing. And you think about like, have I really lived the bulk of my life? You know, you could like, there's many years left. You've got lots of years left. Yeah. But okay. So you might have 10, 20, you know, let's say you've got 25 years left, but you just knocked out 50. So, you know, you are, you, you so what, if, what, what's that 50 years? Uh, have you done everything? Have you been everyone? Have you been the person that you wanted to be in that 50 years? Because it goes quick. Yeah. You know, life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer to the end, the faster it goes. So it's really facing our mortality in a way that says, oh, could I have tried a little bit harder? Could I have been a little bit nicer? Could I have listened to that person a little longer? You know, that's when you start to say, okay, what am I going to do different from, differently from this point on? I mean, that's really where the growth comes from. It's not yeah. like, I'm not going to rehash the past, you know, like I, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm Buddhist. I've been in this zoom meditation group for like nine months, okay. 7am to 7:30 guided meditation every morning, 7am to 7:30, right? That is some commitment because I found that as I got older, I would start drifting to what the future holds or what the past is. And I want to be right here now every moment, even though a lot of times people talk about mindfulness and being present. And it sounds all good, but when you really try to do it, it's hard. Yeah, because the mind is like, okay, we're here now. Let's go somewhere else. Let's go somewhere. What's going on here? You know, and so it really just makes you say that this is all we have. Like this moment that we have together right now, three of us sitting here is this moment. Nothing else really matters except this moment at this moment, and then another moment will come. Right. So here we are in the present moment. And we're, we, you know, and, and we're embracing that. And I, I think that's the joy of life right there. Yeah. Meditation is very special. It's something that's very special and very necessary. And, and how does that feel for you when you're meditating? What's happening in your mind? Well, 
I guess I've, it, I could say sometimes it depends. I've gotten a lot better at it. I don't do it enough, but I have, I do know that I've gotten better at meditating. So a lot of times I can usually, it take me, I guess, at least about 15 to at least 20 to 30 minutes. I could say, yeah, 20 to 30 minutes. Sometimes I can get into it a lot faster just clear things out and just go straight into nothingness. But Mm. it usually takes at least about, yeah, 15 to 30 minutes to kind of get that point of flow. And then it depends on how much sleep I got before that, if I (laughs) can keep my focus and not fade away into a nap. But uh, (laughs) Yeah, I would say 15 to 20 minutes to clear the chatter and to, you know, stop your brain from thinking about everything else work yeah. and everything else that's going on um yeah and then it's the struggle not to go to sleep because yeah, your brain that, is bored 30 but, to yeah. 40 yeah. 40 yeah the 45 yeah. mark yeah but it's like i have to do tricks to kind of not get my brain to go all over the place so i either like focus on my body um, yes, sometimes my hand is yeah. my hand is like the easiest part to focus on because i feel some tingling there after Your a hand? while yeah so it's just easier for me to focus yeah. on that tingling yeah. and then it just keeps yes. you know, getting stronger um but that's that and my breath is about the only thing that can keep me from not thinking about something else <laughs> I mean, but that's all you, that's, that's all it is right there. Yeah. It, it, it's the breath and the body in, in awareness and coming back to it, coming back to it over and over and over and over again. And the fact that, you know, classic, you said, uh, you know, oh, then I'm, you know, 15 minutes, then I'm in the flow. I'm like in the flow for like two seconds and then the bell rings. And I was like, oh, okay, well, we got that. <laughs> we got there. You know, yeah, I that's what I was saying. You're 15 to at least, you know, Maybe right. 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah, you know, I'm talking you know. like the top of the in-breath of like, wait, wait, wait. There. <laughs> I had that moment. I had a moment of just of, of disconnection, of, of introspection, and just quietness. But the rest of the time is, okay, where are you going there? Why are you trying to make a sandwich right now? Come back, come back. Oh, your foot is, you know, your foot is throbbing. Your foot is throbbing. Okay, it's cold in here. Wait, it's not cold in here. Okay, do I hear the garbage truck? Okay, you put the garbage truck. Hey, get back to your hand. Get back to your foot. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're not comfortable. Move a little bit. Like then there's this like rigid back and soft front, and then all these kind of techniques. A lot of times, <laughs> you people, again, yeah. I, I just really that's the other thing that I really want to do. Like I'm thinking of this is my old man. Like this is what I'm going to do when I'm an old man. I want to be a meditation teacher, and I want to um, have a koi pond. Those are the things that are on my <laughs> list because I have a huge garden, about like a 3,000 square foot garden that I've been nice. working on for 13 years for my old man days. So I can, if I can't move to that island, I will be in the back with the koi fish. But the meditation thing, again, for people is they think it's like people like this, they're like, mm, oh, look how calm it is, you know? But like, no, there is like a war being raged inside of my mind and I'm yeah. like babbling it out and I'm trying to say the chatter is going to continue. But just like, I like to think of the chatter is chatter, 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 chatter. And then the farther I get away, kind of like going to the beach, 
You ever notice in the beach, you hear all the sounds, and the closer to the water, the closer to the water, the farther away from the street, those street sounds start to dissipate. Yeah. yeah. So that, if you think about like the analogy of the beach and meditation, is a lot of people think you can meditate and it's like walking to the edge of the beach, you don't hear anything, but most of it is you still on the edge and you're trying to come as close to the beach as possible. You can kind of have a moment where you hear, and then all of a sudden you can just hear everything. It's going to be there, right? Those sounds are going to be there. So it's not so much about that they disappear. It's about you training your mind to not latch on to them. Like yeah. to me to not say, I could say, oh, garbage truck. Oh, cat meowing. It says saying garbage truck. Is it, it, it are they going to dump the garbage? Is it going to spill out? You know what I mean? Like what's happening? Are they not going to get it? Because sometimes they forget to get it. Should I look out the window? Wait, you're meditating. You can't get up and look out the window. Yeah. So that I have to refrain from going all the way. It's called like pro proliferation. Proliferation is when you take something like, oh, I hear a bell. They'd be like, what is the bell? Who's ringing the bell? Why is it ringing? How far away is it? Should I be concerned? That's proliferation, right? As opposed to, oh, there's a bell. So that kind of stuff, I want to bring that to the people. I want to bring that idea of it is not this serene ding. You know, it's just it's not. It That's looks like, like that. Yoga, a lot of, well, one trick I found the the easiest time for me to meditate is after yoga. And that's because yeah. yoga is so yeah. hard. Everybody thinks it's a Zen relaxing no thing. It's, I've never sweated so hard in my life. So after doing yoga at the end, they tell you, you know, to lay down and kind of get into Savasana, meditation. Yes. Exactly. And I found that is a lot easier to get into just a still quiet mind because i guess i'm just so tired and i don't know it's just well you're so tired but you also <laughs> like you also had this spoke you also focused on that mind body breathing connection yeah yeah and then got physical yeah. because when i i started yoga how old was i oh man i started a lot of stuff when i was this i think i was like uh 44. Hmm where I really jumped in. I jumped into a level two vinyasa <laughs> yoga class, 90 minutes, three days a week. Yeah. I jumped into that. And I'm telling you, I was soaked yeah. from head to toe every day. And it's I was like, 90 like, minutes. Don't know what's yeah. that 90 minutes, 90 minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it kicked my butt, but I, I, I'm the type of person where I don't dip my toe in the pool. I jump in. <laughs> There's no other way to do it. It's trial yeah. by fire. <laughs> Man, I hope I can jump in the pool tomorrow. <laughs> You're crazy. I've you been thinking about the pool, yeah. But oh, yeah. <laughs> so as soon as you Ooh. said jump in the pool, I was like, oh. He literally said that a couple hours before this episode. <laughs> He's like, I wonder if I can jump in the pool. Oh my God. There's another thing that pre COVID, like, or, or since COVID, I have not been in a pool. I have not wow. been in a pool. And wow. I'm like, oh, I missed the pool. I don't know where the pool I would go, but I would find a pool or something, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I would even, you know, because I, I haven't even been to the gym. You know, there's so many, I mean, we can probably go yeah. on and on about the way in which lives have changed. Um, but I do miss that, 
being underwater. Like I like to swim the length of a pool underwater. I can do the on top of water stuff, right? But I like to be like under the water all the way. And it's just it's in that floating feeling. And talk about silence, you know, like they should do some like pool meditation. And that's the main reason why I just want to go and take a take a quick (laughs) dip just to float and just be. I'm one of those people though. I can float very easily. I don't even have to try. So I get on, I float on my back and I, it's a lot easier to meditate there as well because it's like the water, I guess, is closing up your ears and it's like you don't hear. It's like it's a lot easier just to, I don't know, focus on that versus the chatter and the brain cells. Yeah, and you get this kind of, once you get that balance going, you Mm -hmm. know water is not going to go in your nose and drown you. And then you just kind of just like let it be free. Yeah, You're like free. That's a great freedom that you don't really get um, in any other any other way like there's no other replacement for being in the water right being in, in yeah. floating in the water yeah i'm a pisces i'm a march i'm march 19. oh okay okay yeah so i love water i can only float in the ocean though i can't float in the pool <laughs> i sink you can't float in the pool <laughs> yeah i sink that's another, <laughs> that's another thing i, I swim good learn. like i was lifeguard <laughs> since i was 15 but yeah. i've never been able to float I thought everyone yeah. can float, but I my feet start sinking and really, I go really? down. Yeah. I thought everyone naturally could float. Exactly, that's what I thought. Um, but I guess not everyone, because yeah. he'll try it and it, he just sinks to the bottom. It's weird. Like I said, I've been a lifeguard. Oh, I was a lifeguard at the age of fifteen and lifeguard for years. Swim fast, hold my breath mm-hmm. long, everything, but I just couldn't couldn't get the float <laughs> together. You know. It was, but you say you can flow the ocean, probably the salt. That's that salt water. Salt yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely yeah. That, yeah. So that's where I have to go to get my float meditation <laughs> on top of the water. I can't do it in the pool. <laughs> Unless I have on now my wetsuit. Yeah, if I put on a wetsuit, the um, buoyancy will hold me up in the, in the swimming pool. Is that right? A wetsuit, boy, a wetsuit in a pool for buoyancy. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. always an inflatable raft, right? You can always do that. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's been a great conversation. Yeah. Great, great conversation so far. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I just never know what, like, where, where are you going to turn? I'm like, ready. Let's like turn it. Let's turn the wheel. <laughs> Come on. Let's go up I'm the sure big the, hill. The let's go helps. up the big hill on the roller coaster. <laughs> Anything you'd like to say? Or? Um, I guess before we close it out, let them know um, where they can find you or anything you want to leave the audience with. Oh, yeah. If you're interested in connecting with me, I have a website. It's akellostone.com, A-K-E-L-L-O-S-T-O-N-E.com. My book is on Amazon if you're interested. The um, podcast is on all podcast providers. And again, I'm not really pushing you know, I'm not pushing anyone to buy the book or any particular ideology, but if you want to really start a, a, maybe, maybe people already have, but I I think that people tend to distract themselves from getting to know themselves. And ultimately, uh, because we, you know, people will talk about vulnerability. I talk a little bit about vulnerability. I talk about self-love. You know, self-love 
does not come easy. That is not something that's mm. like, damn it, I love you. And you, you know, <laughs> no, people look no, in the mirror no. and they'll do affirmations. And I think that's great if it works for them, you know. But certain things I tried just did not work for me. And I think a lot of it is like, okay, I tried that, didn't work for me. I tried that, didn't work for me. Like I need, when you were talking about self-love, you have to really tap into what love is in, in its pure essence. You know, what is love in its pure essence? And then you have to think about like, how did people love you and teach you how to love other people? And those kind of things along and kind of like accumulate into the person that you are. And then what does self-love mean to you? How is that important? Um, why is that important? Because a lot of, again, like I struggled with the idea of self-love because I thought it was narcissistic. You know, I love me, look at me. And I think part of the seeking selfdom aspect is like if people take a, a photo of themselves and we've all taken selfies I, and, and I think it's great that we're documenting our existence, but do you really love yourself and what does that mean to you? And for me, it's, it's, it's abandoning the idea of, I wish, uh, I wish I looked like this. I wish I had a better body. I wish I could sing. I wish I could do all these wonderful things that draw us to people. Um, but we have to accept, you, you know, we can cultivate some things in ourselves, but it's really about accepting where we are right now, you know, and saying, I love myself right now. I can change. There's things I can do differently if I want to. But what about this person who I'm sitting with, who I spend 24 hours a day with me? You know, everybody spends 24 hours a day with themselves, even though they are with other people, even though they're distracted by social media and technology, you are with yourself and you can go into your mind and you can open up just so many incredible ideas about life, existence and yourself and how you relate to other people. Because ultimately, the, the more that you get to know yourself, the more you can put empathy and compassion out into the world to others. Right. So that's probably my drum roll ending for uh, what it all means to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay. You talk about self-work a lot. Like how, what does that mean to you? Like what, what do you do personally to work on yourself? Well, I have taken like every particular, every inventory that you can, um, like Myers-Briggs, the MMPI, love languages, cultural competence, like every aspect to like do kind of self-assessment, some kind of quantitative self-assessment. That's one thing. Not that I'm saying like, oh, I did this quantitative self-assessment. This is my love language. Boom. I'm going out to the world with it. It's like interesting that this is capturing something about me that I can either um, accept or I can reject. My self-work has to do a lot with challenging myself to find new ways of creative expression. Um, I write, I paint, I sculpt, I do illustration, I do video editing, I do photography, um, I do some music composition. Those to me that when I say self work, that is 
drawing from who you are as a person and then also being able to activate the aspect of who you are. I think that expression is, uh, everyone has their, their unique expression and getting to that uh, uh, level of expression while I'm doing, like for example, like self-work, uh, someone say, think that I'm going to sit around and think about my life. You know, it doesn't necessarily work for me. I need to do something with my hands. So like while I'm sculpting, for example, right? If you've ever done anything that's going to take hours and hours of time and it's yeah. not like you're reading anything, right? You're not reading anything. You're not looking at a screen. You just got your hands in this clay. While you're doing that, your mind, it's almost like your mind is chewing on things that bother you, you know, that bother you about um, some things that you, you, you want to improve upon. Like, for example, what is the, uh, there's always things I want to improve upon. But for me, I kind of, um, I want to be able to not only communicate with uh, 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 with a, a consistent level of positivity, but I also want to think that way. Like, I don't want to have a negative thought, but then convert it to a positive thought because I only want to put positivity out into the world, right? The yeah. next step is, why am I thinking in this negative way? I know that other people do, and I know that's a possibility, but why do I still kind of lean in that direction? You know, um, I think you said, you know, people like, if there's too much positivity, people are, are, are turned off by it. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. Ooh, what a state of the world, right? To, to think <laughs> that. But, um, and then I've also had influences of people um, who I really trust and who I really value. Uh, and one in particular, a friend of mine from college who I reconnected through Facebook years ago, even though I'm not on Facebook and I talk about that in the book, but he <laughs> really set me on this. He just was like, love you know he just kept pushing this idea of love 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 and i'm just in my mind i was like wow dude you're really resistant i mean you love people but you're not like oh love 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 right because yeah. i still had some things that i felt i was working on in terms of not loving people <laughs> and having negative thoughts about people in general but then i was like you know what let me try this love thing and see how it feels because that was the other thing is too is like uh and again it's being risky. a man <laughs> being a cisgender man that was growing that grow up in the midwest emotions is is not something i explored until probably the last um five years i've been exploring wow. my own emotions and like whoa then you know like analyze huh? yeah like wow i just it's almost like i've gotten more emotional you know, and again, I don't know if that's age or if it's because I'm trying to break through some things, but there's things that, you know, that I see that touch me really deeply that can make me tear up. And I've never been like that before. And the old me would be like, oh my God, what is wrong with you? But the new me is like open to it. I want to, I want to be open to those deep emotions and it helps me connect with other people who are there are other I knew I, there was a lot of people in my life who are very emotional very emotional and I'm the one that's stoic and not emotional but I was like I don't want to be like them you know what I mean? <laughs> but but then I feel like I think we could all use a balance in our emotion and logic right we all and it's not it's not like 
oh, I want to just have a good cry, but sometimes I wish I could have a good cry, but it just doesn't happen like that. Right. You know, when yeah. it's repressed that long, like sometimes I just want to cry, but like you can't just make yourself cry, you know? I did one time for an audition and I didn't think I could do it, but I had to cry on camera and I did it. And mm. I think I just tapped into like the sadness that, you know, the sadness that people feel in their lives, the loneliness that people feel in their lives. And it just really, I thought about it and just really made me cry on the spot. Synchronized with the part pretty well. Yes, it did. Yeah, it did. It did. And I was like, oh my God, I really did that. You know, maybe I am on the verge of crying on the drop of a hat. <laughs> Probably not, but it's, it's, a, it's a powerful feeling, you know, to, to, to tap into repressed emotions that's like a whole nother conversation you know of, of going in that route and again look forward to that when you get 50 then you start <laughs> like oh i'm all in my emotions now <laughs> <laughs> but it's always a you know a good thing to have especially a couple of tears of joy that cross often you know to practice yeah, yeah. Trying to tears of joy tears of pain joy and pain yeah because <laughs> crying is therapeutic yeah uh, at least to me i don't know whether it's you know you're crying out of sadness or or you're happy it's still therapeutic to me human nature i, I would I, I think that you would you're probably a a, a soft quiet crier like a, a very <laughs> restrained crier not like a <laughs> right? that, am I right? I usually yeah. Kind of there it is, like really coming down. Like, you know, but like, it's just she's crying. Oh, she's so quiet. Yeah. But yeah, we'd like to thank everybody for listening, and every hope everybody enjoyed this conversation as much as we enjoyed it. Um, for all of the links, I don't know if we gave out the American Gypsy link. Oh, definitely check out some of our um, uh, um, ocean or beach videos on the American Gypsy podcast if you're interested in seeing the snorkeling at um, Laguna Beach. And also, I have music on Spotify, iTunes, other platforms, title under Classic, that's K-L-A-C-C-I-K, uh, Carpenter. C-A-R-P-E-N-T-A for those that want to check out a little cello music and some, you know, beautiful melodies, instrumentals. Um, and for the podcast, you can find us at americangypsy.com. Uh, there you find links to our online uh, store for our merch, uh, for our consistent self-improvement uh, merch, and our Patreon for memberships and um, our YouTube channel. Definitely subscribe to get more of these podcast videos and watch some of our adventures and travels. Uh, Akello, it was great having you here. Great having um, you. And definitely, uh, if you're, you know, want to come on live, we're also available for that. Yeah, if you'd like to come in studio. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, that was like, I kind of debated whether or not I was like, Oh, gosh, you know, like, Oh, come on. This, I, st I still have that. It's a, co it's a pandemic, just 
sit your butt at home, even though, you know, <laughs> if it was not, I would definitely have been, because I believe you're downtown. I love that. I love in, in-person interaction, definitely. But yeah. I felt like this, it, this felt, this felt really good and very yeah. natural. Yeah, it, it did. Great. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. even looking at your setup. It's Thank you. Thank yeah. you. One of the more professional setups. <laughs> and I meant seen. to say earlier, I really like your shirt. <laughs> it was, oh, thank I was you. distracted by yeah. it a couple of times. It was really nice. This is, I wore this intentionally. I got this intentionally because I, because it's like cosmic, the universe. You know? Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, when I, whenever I just feel like I just can't take another step, I think about space in the cosmos and how incredibly insignificant my little tiny speck of a life is. And then I just say, okay, keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's perspective right there. Yeah. yeah. So thank you to everyone again and consistent self-improvement. Peace. Peace. Peace.